Hello, everyone, and welcome to Waltrip Unfiltered. It's my podcast, and we've gone on the road again. Ford Martin, my producer, was kind enough to ride down to Charleston, South Carolina, to bring you this beautiful view. How good is this? We're at the Denny Hamlin and Mark Bryan Pro-Am Jam. It's a charity golf event, raising money for so many great causes down here in South Carolina. I'm so thankful to be a part of it and uh, had a great concert last night. And I've got some awesome guests lined up for our show today. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. is going to come by and talk about changing rides for the first time. That's crazy that he raced for Roush for so long and now he's moving on where he's at mentally and how all that went down. How soon did he know that he wasn't going to be driving the 17 car again in 2020? We'll talk to Ricky about that. Plus, we're going to break down the truck series. Hermie Sadler and Phil Parsons both join me today to talk about what's been an awesome year of truck racing. Uh, the race at Martinsville, the win by Todd Gill, and just the crashes. There was so much action all day long and so many, so many cautions and red flags and just great racing. And eventually a, a first-time winner and Todd Gillen took the checkered flag. And man, when Todd Gillen took the checkered flag, did he ever let loose? He requested that his owner not come to Victory Lane. I cleaned that up quite a lot. But uh, obviously Todd was frustrated with the way over the year, the last couple years, he's been treated by Kyle Busch, his owner. Kyle's publicly said, you know, we got to get better. These guys, they, they need to win in these trucks. I don't win in these trucks, I can't win anywhere. And that's really hard for a young kid like Todd to listen to. And I think just the emotion of getting the checkered flag and then being able to try to explain to the world where he was mentally was really hard for Todd to do. But uh, I'm sure he regrets what he said. We all, you know, in the heat of the moment, uh, get carried away and say some things we wished we hadn't have. And I bet that was a case. Everybody's going out to the golf tournament. Or uh, there's old Rick Allen. He's going to come by here and talk to me in a bit. Uh, but just a great event. So many celebrities here. Kevin Sorbo. There goes Brett Moffat too, by the way. Kevin Sorbo. Uh, Hercules, the actor. He joins us today on our podcast to talk about what's going on in his world. Uh, what, a, what a fun show we've got for you today. And um, I'm just, I couldn't be prouder to, to be here and support Denny and help him with his initiatives. Um, talked to Denny this morning. A bit about what happened at, Mart at Martinsville with he and Logano. Obviously, um, it's 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 tough racing for a championship, and they those guys got together. It's going to happen on a short track. Uh, Joey uh, obviously is very aggressive. We see him push, we see him shove, and he certainly got uh, got into into a, a, a scrum a scrum with Denny. They got together, caused him to lose uh, lose his way during the course of the day, and. Phew, he wasn't happy about it, but heck, that's racing. You're going to have that, especially short track racing. They'll go to ISM, they'll go to Texas, they'll go to Miami and sort it out. I don't think there'll be any repercussions between those two about what happened at Martinsville. Today, cooler heads have prevailed, and I'm sure it's focused on going to Texas. So, watch Walter Unfiltered today. I can't wait for you to enjoy the show and uh, listen to our guests. Thank you. Be ready. Green play, green play. So, Rick. How you been, buddy? I've been great, bud. It's awesome to see you. I always love being able to sit down with my friend, Michael. Yeah. Yeah, we've had a lot of fun over the years. A lot of fun. How, how long ago did we start hanging out? Like, when would we, we were like, oh? 2003. Yeah, 03. 2003. So, 16 years now. And doing the trucks and just hanging out with you were was great times. It's 
the blast. I mean, that's uh, where my career started, yeah. hanging out with you and your brother and just having a lot of fun. I, I love the story, and I know you've probably told it a hundred times, but you're you're not Rick Allen. <laughs> well, I am. You <laughs> you're, just, you're we're just stopping. We're just stopping before we actually say my last name. <laughs> you're Rick Allen Schweiger. Yes. How did you How did you drop the Schweiger? Uh, your brother had a lot to do with that. Uh, my first audition with Fox Sports, uh, I sat down next to your brother. We were getting ready to audition. I was going to be the first one. And I said, Mr. Waltrip, my name's Rick Schwieger. He shook hands, and he goes back, and he's kind of looking at some stuff. For a bit, let me just stop there. So your yeah. whole life, you've been Rick Schwieger. All, all my Never life. Never even thought twice about it. No, the yeah. whole time. And after I introduced myself to your brother, your brother said, Schwieger? There ain't no Schwiegers in NASCAR. And I thought, Wow. <laughs> Okay, that's profound. So right when we came on camera, I'm like, hello everyone, welcome to Charlotte, alongside three-time cup champion, Daryl Waltrip, I'm Rick Allison. And I changed my name, and your brother just started laughing, and he's like, stop, you can't change your name in the middle of a show. And we proceeded to do about five takes, and I was Rick Yarborough, I was Rick Petty, I was, uh, I was everybody. So I just kept throwing in different people's names. And, and then I decided, okay, we'll make it easy and we'll just go with my middle name. So yeah. my middle name is Alan. Rick that? Allen. And Daryl has the credit for that. And he wanted me to be Cadillac Rick. Ah. <laughs> he thought Cadillac Rick would be better than Rick Allen. But. And, and the reason why you got to NASCAR was because of David Hill heard your... Is that a true story? That's a true story. David Hill with Fox heard your pipes. He's, yep. He said I had uh, golden pipes. Golden and, pipes. Yeah. And he... Uh, actually, it was, it was David Hill with the recommendation of Bill France Jr. Uh, Bill France Jr. actually, I heard this story later from David Hill, Bill France Jr. said, uh, I want that guy calling my races. Because he had heard, wow. yeah, he had heard me or my tape or whatever at uh, Eagle Raceway, a dirt track in Nebraska that I had announced at. And he said, I want that guy to announce my races. And now, however many years later, I'm announcing his races. That's, that's incredible. So I know he's cool. smiling, looking down. Yeah. Hope so, because right now his sport's uh, going well. Yeah, everything's good. Uh, short track racing, let's, let's uh, transition to Martinsville. Uh, I have this opinion that the racing's better than it's ever been, so people say the racing's as good as I've seen it in a long time. Yeah. Well, it's better than it's ever been, but then you could real quickly get um, disarmed with that statement by somebody saying, well, Martin Truex Jr. led more laps than anybody ever has before. <laughs> How do you how do you explain the fact that he dominated, but yet the racing from from front to back was as good as it's ever been? Everybody has their own opinion on what what good racing is, and I think you and I are of the opinion that we like to see guys fighting for position all the time. Well, if the guy up front is dominant, it's hard to catch a guy like that. Um, but there was great racing throughout the field from second on back, and and battles. I mean, we saw. Late in that race, uh, William Byron was battling Martin Truex Jr. potentially to get his first win. I mean, there was always a battle up front. It just never ended up happening where anybody could get by him. Same thing happened in our race in the spring mm -hmm. on Fox. Oh, yeah. Kozlowski dominated. 446 with, laps there. But with, with like 10 to go, Chase Elliott was coming. Right. You know, and it just was the drama of racing all day long and seeing the yeah. the result. And um, you just have to, sometimes you got to tip your cap. You remember Martin? led like what all but two laps of the coke 600 i mean <laughs> pretty close to that yeah, yeah eight laps you missed eight laps of the coke 600 yeah pretty dominant but you think back so people always re reference back and they say well man i wish it was like the good old days when ned jarrett was racing well ned jarrett beat someone by like 
14 laps at Darlington. So is that what we want? I don't think so. No. I, I don't think that's what we want. But that was also a time when guys would rough each other up, and I think we're seeing that again. Yeah. I mean, I think we're seeing guys get a little more aggressive. Uh, Brad Keselowski doesn't like when people block him. Right. And that's the way. He made a statement. <laughs> yes, he did. Bobby, I'm going to wreck you. Yes. And so now I think the way the the sport is and the way the, the package and setup and everything, you have to block. Right. I mean, that's just a part of it now. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you have to shove a guy to get his attention. <laughs> it just depends on who you shove. Our buddy Denny is the reason why we're here. It's the yeah. um, Denny and Mark's Pro-Am Jam raising money for... Um, so many great causes, and I know you're uh, big into supporting the drivers and mm -hmm. whatever their uh, their uh, initiative is, however they choose to, to serve the world. Um, Kevin, or is my seven minutes up? <laughs> is he? I, was feeling, I, was feeling, I actually I was see off camera. Kevin is sitting over here, and he's going, "Man, I am absolutely enthralled with this." So this is we know Kevin is going to be watching the podcast later. Kevin is Kevin Sorbo, and and the thing that's funny is um, I bet he was thinking, oh, damn, that man just changed his name. <laughs> <laughs> all to have a job. It happens all the time. I mean, it happens all the time. You think Madonna was Madonna? Oh, I mean, true. I mean, Elton John's not Elton John. That's great. Is it bad that I just referenced two ridiculously famous people and, and tried to throw myself in there? there. <laughs> hey, uh, tell, tell me a story about the hat, Team AP. Why would you bring that up? How'd that go for you? Were you... Were you Team JP? I was Team JP. We had a Ryder Cup match yesterday yeah. here in Charleston. All the golf guys tour players. We have our own tour, Kevin, because we're not very good. So we <laughs> created our own tour, and it makes perfect. This is Brian Jackson also setting off camera. Brian is a scratch plus four golfer, and uh, he's not been able to parlay that into any kind of uh, commercial yeah. or financial. He benefit. has friends that ask him for golf clubs all the time, though. He's parlayed it into that. So Austin Payton was your captain, and Josh yeah. Peterman was was mine, and we yep. won. We so, won. so AP, and you were JP. We uh, ended up for the first time ever in this Ryder Cup event. Someone won. Yeah, <laughs> we had we, gone. We had gone two years right. where we had tied, and then, and they won handily. Yes. You won handily. Yeah, y'all got your You're ass. part of that. Well, thanks for bringing that up. This has been a lot of fun, Michael. I'm yeah, glad you brought me on. Thanks for coming by. Yeah. It's always fun to see you. It's <laughs> wonderful. And, uh, three to go. Who do you like? Uh, surprisingly, I picked Kevin Harvick. Wow. That's uh, a, at the it beginning. Look like he is. Uh, he has not looked as good uh, in the playoffs now. Martin Truex Jr. looks phenomenal. That'd be an easy pick, right? Yep. And, and I Denny, think where do you, Denny where do you? is. Denny is great as well. I would say, you know, incredible momentum after Kansas. Um, we would have thought he would have been better at Martinsville, but still didn't hurt him. No. Uh, so I think he's in good shape there. He's going to have enough points. I think it'll be Martin and uh, Kyle Busch and Denny, and then you throw in potentially Kevin uh, as the yeah. four of the championship four. Well, quickly, um, your time's up here. I know. Um, but where do you put Kyle, like Bush? Where do I put him? Yeah, you think he's top four? Yeah, absolutely. You don't think Kyle Larson is? No. Is that bad? 
I like my friend Kyle Larson, but yeah, I don't think he's gonna. He's not gonna advance. You probably like Kyle Larson better than you like Kyle Busch, but you're just. <laughs> I'm speaking as I kind of know a little bit about what's going on with the sport, and yeah, I, think... I thought I did that too until I told my buddy how to pick his DraftKings team. It didn't go well. Uh, 818 out of 820. <laughs> he called me up and he said, "What do you What do you mean? I'm I don't do that crap, man. Yeah. I just report what I see. That's but right. if I had to predict, Truex Hamlin, Joey." Larson. Okay. I think pit crews come into play a lot with who makes it into the championship four, and I don't know if Kyle Larson's pit crew can get him there. You know what else? If you <laughs> do that. Coming off for you. All right. Love well, you on that note. Yeah. You're out of here. Thank you. Appreciate you. Well, man, I appreciate you stopping by, Kevin. How are you? Good to see you again. We had good fun at uh, Eastlake. Yeah, playing at Eastlake was yeah. awesome. And getting to, I played with uh, Billy one day. Sure. And Billy Andrade had his, his event. And, and Aiden. You played with Aiden two days in a row. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and, and just fun playing with all those guys. But, but Billy shot a 61. Yeah. Goofing off. That's amazing. I mean, it was crazy to. We brought up Lakeside earlier. So. Billy's the one who introduced me to Lakeside because he knew some of the members there when I first moved to L.A. Because Billy and I had met during his second year on tour. Um, we were I was shooting a what, a... what year is that? 1988? Yeah. I'm shooting a um, commercial on Royal Caribbean Cruise Lines. He's on the ship with his wife, Jody. Billy Ray Brown's there with his wife. And Willie Wood was there with his, his girlfriend because a couple years earlier, his wife had died at like 22 yeah. or 20, like breast cancer, really young. And I knew who they were, and Billy was shocked, being the only guy about to start his second year in tour. He goes, you know who I am? I said, I'm a big fan. I've watched golf. Right. So we hit it off and became friends right away, and he introduced me. I just moved to L.A. from Minnesota, and he introduced me to um, some people at Lakeside. And that's how that whole thing happened for me going that course, which I thought was just awesome. And that's how I met Joe Pesci. Yeah. Which I just told that little story there. So he said but, you, uh, you were Italian. Well, Pesci did. He thought my last name. He goes, yeah, what, what the F is Sorbo? And I said, it's a Norwegian name. He goes, no, F that. Ends in F and value, F in Italian. And of course, he didn't say F in. No. But, you know, I don't want to get bleeped. No, but, we don't bleep. Um, but Pesci's a great guy. I've, I've known him ever since then. He's always been uh, so cool to me. I've golfed with him a number of times. Does he like there. to golf? He, loves, he golfs all the time. Yeah. Never takes a cigar to his mouth, but he's golfing all the time. He's, he's a solid, he's a solid, probably say 14, 12, 14 handicap. So Minnesota to, to Hollywood? Minnesota to Hollywood. How'd that happen? Small, small time, you know, I'm, I, small town I grew up in. We are west of Minneapolis, a little town called Mound, Minnesota, on the beautiful shores of Lake Minnetonka. My little town was home to Tonka Toys. Ah. And um, so I, I went to the Guthrie Theater, very famous theater in Minneapolis, and I saw Shakespeare. It was Merchant of Venice. I don't know what the hell they were saying because I was 11 years old and it was Shakespeare. But I uh, fell in love with acting right then and there. How about and that? You were an athlete, right? Yeah. Played football and basketball. And uh, in college, I had a double major, marketing, advertising, but a minor in drama. I knew it was there. And I loaded up the, my little beat-up car and just moved out to L.A. Didn't know a soul. That sounds a whole lot like... I'm a 13-year overnight success. <laughs> you know? so... That sounds exactly like a lot of racers <laughs> that load up their car and head to North Carolina with the dream yeah. of being a racer. and. And rarely does it work out. Yeah, but you, you know? got to follow that dream. I mean, if you're one, you know, if you don't give it a go, then you'll never know, right? Yeah. But everybody in LA is an actor, so it was easy to find out about the right classes to take. And but I was lucky; I never had to work another job. I started in commercials right away, and worked very, very well. In fact, before I got my Hercules series, I, I, I had I made more money the three years prior to the first two years in Hercules, just in residuals. 
because at that time I was, you know, I was a guy that had been around and done a few pilots and guest spots on shows like The Commission, Murders, Your Road, Cheers, and things like that. Yeah. But, um, what was that, your episode on Cheers? Um, it was an episode where they couldn't, they forgot to renew their liquor license. And so they, and Sam Malone said, don't, don't serve anybody, no alcohol, no alcohol. <laughs> and I come in with little Carla, who's about, you know, foot and a half shorter than me, and order a vodka, and, and she, she kept saying, she goes, we don't have any vodka. I go, it's right there, and she grabs my head and smashes it against her. She goes, we have no, what do you want? Water, water's fine. <laughs> you know, so, well, but, uh, uh, how, that, uh, everybody knows Hercules, obviously, that, that was a tremendous success. And we passed Baywatch by our 30 years, the most watched show in the world. We're in 176 countries. It's crazy. So, so Seven years in New Zealand. It was amazing. So those residuals will have to be. <coughs> They're still. Of we're still in 60 countries. And then I moved in. I uh, did five years on Andromeda after that. Gene Roddenberry's first show after Star Trek, and so I was the first captain after Captain Kirk. It was Captain Dylan Hunt, and that's still in like over 50 countries. Uh -huh. And then I just finished my 61st movie since then. I've learned a little bit about your world. We we just did a documentary about the day that I won Daytona, and, mm -hmm. and my friend Dale Earnhardt died. And we did a Fathom event and mm -hmm. played our movie in like 800 theaters across yeah. America. And on November 5th, it comes out on streaming. You can get it on Google Play and Amazon and, and DVDs and Blu-ray and all that stuff. So yeah. it was... It it's was, a good way to get it out there. Yes. Yeah. And, and it also was great for me to, to learn about your world a bit. And yeah. I know it's just a tiny peek into it, but we had this really talented uh, producer-director guy, Paul Tobleib, who's made some, mm -hmm. some Emmy-winning documentaries and so he's buttoned up he's all LA and Hollywood making sure we got all the parts and pieces together and I'm just a dumbass from Kentucky telling my story and it, it seemed to be very captivating and it's been well received as well well I got a I got a piece of your world years ago because um, I, I lived in New Zealand seven years filming Hercules and five years up in Canada so from 93 to 2005 I was out of America for 10 months out of the year. So I said, what the hell am I paying California state tax to? So I moved to Las Vegas and just had that was my little Monte Carlo so E.T. Um, e. brought me out to the Las Vegas racetrack. So with a pace car, I got up to 100, uh, 175 miles an hour. And, dude, I'm looking at these seats going by like this on me, and I freaked out. And I said, I can't imagine inches away from the cars yeah. around you what you guys do. And that gave me a whole new appreciation yeah. for the intensity. Because it's got to be just one big, you know, workout as right. well in those, in those vehicles. Just well, the, the look, tense. Look at that cat over there. Ricky is, he's... He did American Ninja Warrior, right? Like he's a he's one of the top racers, yeah. and he's a badass. Yeah. And you have to be these days. Yeah. Yeah. So when I did it, when I started, I raced against Richard Petty and sure. Kel Yarborough, and they were country strong. You know, yeah. they they put motors in their cars. That was their workout. Yeah. And then it evolved to where when I finished my career in 2017, I was racing against Ricky and and Jimmy Johnson, who are triathletes yeah. that yeah. just train their bodies to be racers. Well, it's funny, not, not to compare it to golf, but I, mean, I, I knew Mr. Palmer pretty well before he passed away, and he said, you know, back in our day, we would finish golf and go to the bar. He said, the golfers today, they go to the gym. Yeah. He says it's a whole different way they look at things now. What kind of handicap are you working with? I'm a 5.1 right now. Uh, I yeah. fluctuate between a 4 and a 7. I don't practice anymore. That's the problem. Right. So I, I, was, I was down to 1 in high school. Love the game. Uh, one of our one of our uh, rotating courses in high school was Hazeltine Country Club, which has had you know the Ryder Cup. They right. got it again. They've had a U.S. Opens, and it was interesting watching the Payne Stewart win in '91 again since his passing 20 right. years ago. Mm -hmm. And because uh, I was there for that whole the whole those whole four days. Actually, it's five days because he beat Scotty Simpson on the Monday on the 18-hole playoff. Yeah. 
But uh, I, I love the game. My dad introduced it to me and uh, been a fan of it ever since. All my buddies, I play football, basketball, baseball, you know, and all my buddies that make fun of me for playing golf. Yeah. They all play now, right. every one of them. And I always get a call from them around February after six weeks of 10 below zero Minnesota, and they go, dude, we're coming out. You know? <laughs> so get well, ready. Thank you so much My for pleasure. being here at uh, Mark and Denny's Pro-Am Jam. Yeah. And thanks for spending some time with me. Got to support these guys. I love what they do, and I love the game of golf, and what a great way to raise money. I know the NASCAR fans are going to get to enjoy hearing your story and, and, and setting awesome. here and chatting with me. Thank you. Check out Let There Be Light, streaming on Amazon. There you go. <laughs> Hi, bud. Mike, what's happening? Thanks for sitting down with me. Not a problem. The old podcast. Hey, we got a great setting, don't we? <laughs> How good is this? <laughs> I've, I've watched some of your podcasts. The settings probably got everything beat. You're exactly right. And uh, it's been a good trip to Charleston. Um, was making fun of Rick Allen earlier because he was wearing Team AP hat. Oh, yes. And you've got on the right hat, the winning hat, the as winning you see hat. there, Ford. Look at that. Team win. That Ooh. was a great team win yesterday. Ooh, we just. It? We jumped on them. Uh, just pounced them. As soon as they said go, we were out and we were winning. Yeah, and you know, the <laughs> the fun thing about that whole, like everybody was cheering for, you know, other people. I mean, like, like that last green, we were actually cheering for the other team, you know, with Ron. And just, it, it's a cool event. I, I really enjoy our Ryder Cup and just getting to hang out with friends. So, uh, Hemrick getting beat by Ron, that's... Big upset. Big upset. <laughs> Big upset. You know, I told Daniel he probably should have faked an injury and withdrew. Yeah, that's right. L late, even, if late, you had to. Late, late. And uh, you, you played with Denny, and, and you guys, man, you're head-to-head, we right? I mean, it was intense. We went blow for blow. I parred, he bogeyed, and then he birdied and I parred, and then I birdied and he parred. I mean, we were going back and forth, back and forth. And so we were even coming into the ninth hole. He made par. I had an eight-foot birdie putt. I was like, I'm a, I'm just throw this down, and I ran it way past the hole. And <laughs> you were, you were feeling it. I did you? not want to have. So yeah. I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm making this putt. Right. Well, you know, I sent it probably a little too far by. And yeah. Oh well, we had a lot of fun. How would you? Uh, what's your handicap? How would you assess your game? Well, my index is at like a four-five right now. It's the game is like when I four focus. Four-five. When I focus, the game is strong. Yeah. And like, you were focused yesterday. I was focused yesterday. So you have an interesting – I love golf, so I watch. You know, obviously I'm a student of the game, even though you can't tell. You're but. a student of a 20 handicapper on the range. <laughs> like, you're not a student of, like, the best golfer. But your your stance – I mean, your, your it looks real mechanical. Like, the way you address the ball and the yep. way you pull it back. Have you ever thought that? You know, a lot of people have a field game or whatever. Yours looks like it's Yeah, I've never out. really taken lessons. I've got, you know, kind of like, yeah, I've got really good friends that are really good golfers. And so I take, you know, bits and pieces every time, you know, I go play with them. They're like, hey, maybe try this. Do do a little bit of this. And, yeah. you know, I kind of keep that swing thought in my head the whole time. But, um, you know, every time I go to the range, I feel like that's when I figure out what I'm going to do for the day. You yeah. know, like I'll start hitting my driver and I'm, if I'm pulling it or whatever, I'll, you know, start putting a cut swing on it or, you know, I just kind of fi figure out on the range. That's a great, that's, I've been told that play. before. That's a great, the great yeah. way to look at the game, especially when you don't play all the time. Don't play all the time. So it's not like I'm going to do the same thing every time. So I get to the range. If I'm struggling, I'll figure it out and, and I'll go with, go with that. And um, you're an athlete. I mean, obviously you're American Ninja Warrior participation and just in general, you're an athlete and I, 
that that helps on the golf course. You got to have a oh. you got to be you got to be grounded, you know. Yeah. And, and you got to be able to focus. I mean, you can't, especially battles like yesterday. Yeah. I mean, you gotta you gotta bear down and and go for it. And you know, I think being being an athlete definitely helps in golf. But I've seen some really good athletes that can't hit a golf ball very good. And vice good. versa. Yeah. And people that you're like, well, he's kind of fat. Wow, he's really good. <laughs> if you want to go that way. Yeah. Um, you know, back when I first started playing with you, you were, you were good. I know. What happened? I don't know. <laughs> I wished I knew. I can't explain it. I was a uh, single digit and yeah. made a hole-in-one in 2014. And, it's and that's just, where it went. It's just trickled off ever since then. You think you think too much about it? I think I might, but I like what you just said. Just adapt. Just you know? every time you go, do something different. So um, I was talking with Sorbo earlier about, you know, growing up racing against Richard Petty and Kel Yarborough, and, you know, they were just country strong guys. Yeah. That, that's how they were fit to race. And you've taken fitness to a, to another level. Is, is, it, is that partly to do because you want to be the badassest race car driver? Yeah, I want to be the best I can, and so I hired um, actually Casey Kane. I, you know, he's had a trainer for a long time, and you know, is in great, still is in in great shape. And um, you know, when he retired from racing, I was like, hey, what's what's trainer Ryan doing? And so uh, I've hired him. He's out at Slide Job Ranch, my my property. We got I got a gym there. Uh, Ryan Truex works out there. Some other truck series drivers work out there. Ryan Reed works out there. So uh, got a nice little, uh, you know, system built up at the at the house. But and does he run it? He does. He does. He, he trains <laughs> all of them. And uh, I get in Mondays. I get in generally once a day. And then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I'm in there, you know, morning and afternoon, just, just really killing it. So yeah. it's, uh, it's made me feel a lot more confident, really, inside the car and outside the car right. and, and just feel like I'm at least getting myself ready. When I was a racer, I ran marathons because I wanted to prove to myself, but I wanted to show the world that you might outrun me, but you ain't going to outlast me. Yeah. That, that was my whole mentality. Yeah. And I started running just because of that and wound up running those marathons and, and fitness is, is huge for confidence. It is. It is. And, and I think that's, that's really why I do is just, I know I'm at least putting in the work so that I'm the best that I can be when I get in the car. Right. You know what I mean? And so, you know, for us, we can't go practice all the time. You know, it's not golf or supercross or, you know, where you can just go practice. Right. You know, you can't build a track in your backyard and go practice. Yeah. And so you got to do things outside the car um, that you feel like are going to help you in the car. So <clears throat> interesting place in your life. You're switching teams uh, for the first time, I think. Yeah, and um, there's three to go. You want to be, you're you're appreciative to Mr. Roush. I know for all he's done for you. I, yep. I, I I understand all that. So you want to give it all you got. We're, tell me where you are mentally. Like what's going uh, on? Well, you know, for us, you know, ever since um, I guess Charlotte, when you know that week when, when kind of everything came out. I mean, I I heard about it a couple hours before everybody else did. You, you had know? no idea. No, no. So I heard about it probably. In, an, an hour before everybody else did. So, um, you know, it was kind of a shock getting through Charlotte. And, you know, we I just went out there. And, you know, I was, like, so nervous in practice because I was like, dang, everybody's probably watching me, you know. And so I was like, I got to put some good races together. 
you know, we've had speed all year. We just haven't put everything together. We've, you know, blown right front tires. We've, you know, sped on pit road. We've just haven't put everything together. And But we've had better speed than what we had last year. And so, you know, from that day, I'm like, all right, hey, let's let's make sure we get at least the finishes we're capable of that weekend and and I feel like we've we've maximized that you know for the most part every weekend since since the announcement and um you know meeting with Tad and Jody uh over at JTG man it it brought a kind of a breath of fresh air like they're such great people they got a great organization uh just a lot of racers uh that want to do anything that they can, work hard to, you know, get the cars better. Tad and Jody are continuing to do all their work on the sponsorship side, and it's cool they're hands-on owners, and, and I'm looking forward to that. You know, I have this feeling that it's going to be a good thing, and I know when it, when you've heard about it an hour before, you're like, whew. So, but now, uh, looking back, you're in a good place. Yeah, I'm in a great place. Um, you know, I think I'm honestly probably a little relieved uh and 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 happy uh, yeah you know i think for a long time i was you know i i kind of got in a rut you know we weren't we didn't go compete for wins every week like we did in the xfinity series i mean in the xfinity series we showed up and i knew that if somebody wanted to win they were gonna have to beat us you yeah. know and and that was a good feeling, but, you know, you just haven't had that feeling, you know, when you... Yeah, I have that feeling every Speedway race because I feel like our cars were good, we're fast, I felt good at Bristol. You know, I had certain tracks that I felt like that, but, um, you know, we didn't have it week in and week out, and I think I got frustrated and... Um, it's hard to put all your eggs in those couple of three baskets. Oh, it you is. Know, you know, yeah, it is. Because you, you, you get too pumped up because you're yeah. like, I know this is my chance. And yep. Week in and week out is those guys that run up front all the time. I used to be so envious. Yeah, yeah. So you know, it'll be good to to continue to build what what they've built at JTG Doherty Racing, and you know, I feel like they started building their own cars and um, you know got a great shop layout. Uh, I just feel feel confident going over there. I bet so. Well, best of luck. Thanks Thank for you. stopping by. I appreciate. Uh, Appreciate you being down here to help Denny. And, Thanks for and the, the ambiance, the candle here. Well, I mean, nice touch, Mike. You know, Phil has his fireside chats. I'm doing the best I can over here. Yeah, fireside chats, but he ain't at Daniel's Island. He ain't got that. He ain't got that. He's in the <laughs> locker room. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Yeah, thank you. So, Phil, we're we're down to it. Uh, two, to, two, to, two to go. In the truck series, it's been an awesome year. Mm-hmm. We've seen a lot of fun racing, and I think Martinsville kind of put an exclamation point on our year. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they ran into everything. Everything. Today. Well, it looked like Talladega. It did. Just as much carnage as Talladega. Yeah. So who you who you liking? Well, <clears throat> I think when the playoffs started, maybe even before the playoffs started, my two favorites. Like I, I really couldn't pick one. Moff and Chastain. Yeah. Those are my two guys. We've said that all year. We've said all year. But yeah. does it change? Has it changed no, any? I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think so at all. I mean, Ross, you know, came within a hair of possibly winning and, you know, qualifying automatically. Uh, Ty Gillen did a great job. I, I, don't, I think if it wasn't for Harrison Burton racing Ross, I, I, think, I think Ross was going to go down to the next corner and, and move Todd out of the way. But what, it didn't happen. So. What about, what's that make you think when you look up and see? It's, that's it's, a sight. It's scary. It's, yeah. it's scary. Yeah. Old Hermie Sadler's over there tucking himself <laughs> in, and it appears. <laughs> um, I, one of the best 
interview Ross has ever gave. He's like, I could, I could beat one of them. Yeah. I can't beat them both. And they, they teamed up on me. That was, that was, and that's yeah. how I saw it. Yeah. Harrison, Harrison, unfortunately, spun, but but yeah. he was the reason why Ross couldn't go do yeah. what yeah, for what sure. we know he was going to do. Yeah. And it wasn't it wasn't that Harrison was trying to do that so Ty could win. He was trying to do that to beat. So he Ross. could win. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And so we got Phoenix ISM Raceway, and then we'll be off to, to Miami. And you said Ross and Moffitt. Which one? Who's going to be better on those two tracks? Gosh, I, I don't know if I have to handicap them. I, I don't know if I can I don't know if I can pick one. Right. I really don't. I mean, Moffitt's good on every racetrack. Obviously, he was awfully good last year. Uh, their program is strong right now. He, as a matter of fact, this morning he showed me a picture of his Phoenix truck. And it had it was on the chassis plate, not one piece of sheet metal on it, and that's his Phoenix truck for next week. So, wow! Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, uh, what do you think about Martinsville and the, um, the the Cup Boys and their playoff intensity? It got pretty pretty hot. <laughs> it got pretty real. Heated, did it? didn't it? <laughs> yeah, it did. Yeah, it did. Uh, who do you like in that in that world going to to Texas this weekend? Denny's awful good at Texas. Oh, yeah. We're here at his uh, golf tournament. He's got a lot of smiles on his face. Uh, Certainly a little bit heated after the race at Martinsville, but uh, focused on Texas now. Yeah, I, uh, I really believe uh, and, I, and have for a while that, that the three Gibbs cars are all going to go to Homestead. I really do. I think Logano and Larson, I don't know why I say that. Well, that, that doesn't leave. That's, there's not five going. So I know, and I think. Who are uh, you taking out, Kyle? Yeah. Yeah. He just doesn't, hasn't, hasn't seemed to seem. have the same um, pace Speed. that, he, yeah, that yeah. he had you know, earlier. And we're, we're Denny and Martin have it, I right. mean, without a doubt, week in, week out. Yeah. So, I mean, you might be right. I mean, you know, several weeks ago when the playoffs started, I thought it was the three KBM guys. And then the question was who was going to be the fourth one. Right. You know, at that time, I thought Harvick was going to step up and be the guy that was going to, you know, be the fourth guy. But like you say now, I did, you know. It's, it's touchy. Yeah. I think yeah. there's two solids and four or five maybes. Yeah. Yeah. So. What's Stefan up to? Still racing? He is. Well, he, he wasn't going to. And uh, while we were out here playing golf yesterday, J- Johnny Davis called, and he needed someone to drive his 15 car at Texas. So uh, so I gave him Stefan's number, and he called. called so Stefan's going to run for Johnny Davis at, at Texas. He's really excited. About I it. just I'm, I hope people appreciate and understand what Stefan's doing and what you're doing. Yeah. Just clawing. Yeah. Like, get, not going to get in a car that's going to win. No. For sure. At this point. Right. But he gets in cars that run 22nd, and if he runs 18th, everybody in our world notices yeah, that. Yeah. And plus, he's taking care of everything he's gotten in. And I know it's important, budget-wise, for those guys to, to put a kid behind the wheel that know that it's going to bring the car back because yeah. they don't they can't afford to fix it. Yeah, and that's one, one thing Johnny said yesterday. I said, I need someone to drive it that's not going to tear it up. He said, I can't stand to have any more equipment torn up. And and so, it you know, it really makes me feel good that he, that he wanted Stefan to do that. And with... It, that he's so early in his career. I mean, he's only run a half a dozen extended yeah. races and three or four truck races. So. Well, keep digging. Thank you. Thanks, and thank you for all your support of him and yeah. since he was this big. Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate it. Thanks all for stopping. Uh-huh. Thank you. Hermie, we, uh, we got a great championship battle. Phil and I were talking, and we've talked all year long about Moffitt and Chastain being mm-hmm. – being the favorites, and it looks like that's certainly the case. Uh, but what a great win for for Todd Gilman! It's, I mean, he was so close to winning a couple times last year, and now to finally put one in the books, I was happy for him. Yeah, and everybody knows how much pressure he and Harrison Burton, for that matter, maybe not to the same degree, but how much pressure Todd has been under. Or any young kid that gets in that type of equipment, you just expect it to win. Uh, 
the pressure mounts each and every time that you're supposed to win or maybe don't win. Uh, so I was happy to see him do it. I know he felt like it was a little bit of, you know, redemption for him. Uh, but uh, all time, first time winners are always fun for yeah. us as broadcasters because you see a lot of emotion, hear a lot of emotion that you wouldn't get from a, from a guy who's won a lot. Speaking of hearing, Why are you laughing? because I was just thinking about Todd taking the checker flag and, and requesting that his owner maybe not come to victory lane. Yes. What, what did you make of that? I mean, I'm sure he wished he hadn't said it. Yeah, but. yeah. Um, to me, um, I'm not sure Kyle has been beneficial to his young drivers in that way by publicly coming out and putting more pressure on the drivers. I think it's totally appropriate. And Kyle can do what he wants, obviously. I think it's totally appropriate to have sit down private behind closed doors meetings and say you're not running well enough you have to do better what can we do to give you you know give you better or make you better but you know kyle has been very vocal uh, a lot of times in the public yeah. this year at the racetrack saying my guys are not getting it done and you know so i think that was the reason maybe todd oh felt yeah like i'm publicly gonna throw it back at you now so it, you know i can understand if i were Todd, at that age, under that spotlight on that stage, I wouldn't want my owner maybe publicly coming out yeah. and, and getting on me like that. Give me all you want to give me, you know, in the shop or in the office or whatever. Um, but I think we, what we saw was some, some, some frustration uh, from some of that. And what's going to happen with Todd in 2020? Do you know yet? I know Harrison announced going Xfinity. Xfinity. I haven't heard officially, but if I had to guess, I would think he would end up in one of his dad's trucks. Yeah. I think that's the natural progression and I, and I like Todd I mean I think he as he mentioned and as we've all talked about on the broadcast he coulda shoulda woulda won two or three by now and if so if he won at Texas last year when he ran out of gas he probably already be set up to be in KBM struck moving forward I know Toyota has put a lot of money and resources behind him and uh, but this is a performance-based business how many times have we talked about that and I think him winning is great I think it's too late to save that Situation, but it'll give him some confidence moving forward, and I still think he's very, very talented. Right on. Um, pick one: Chastain, Moffat. Who wins the championship? Wow, um, it's that close, isn't it? It, it really is. Uh, both. Uh, I, I expect them to Phoenix and Homestead to be right there. I mean, battling tooth and nail. It may come down to a, a pit stop. It may come down to a restart. Whatever. But uh, I think it, as great of a story as Chastain is, yeah. Uh, I just think Brett. And his team, are, notwithstanding the bad luck they had at Martinsville, before that they were gone. Yeah. Uh, I just think they're too good, and I think uh, Brett is really good. And I think Jerry Baxter and him have, but midseason this year, kind of finally took a deep breath. And, and I just think if I had to pick, and it's that close, I'd, I'd have to go with Moffitt. Yeah, I, I respect what Baxter did at, um, I think it was either Canada or... Bristol, but I think it was Canada when he when he pitted early mm-hmm. and didn't have enough gas to make it mm-hmm. if it doesn't if a caution or two don't fall. But he was able to make that call after the mistake they made earlier in the season, not getting enough gas mm-hmm. on in the truck on pit road. Mm-hmm. I told him, you know, you 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 lost that race, but you you very well won this won sure. Canada because of your because strategy. Of yeah, yeah, yeah. So well, it's hard to believe. You know, Moffitt is a difference maker. We've seen it in everything he's driven in these top levels. Um, Jerry is great. Jerry this year 
felt a lot of pressure starting yeah. the season. Even though he's accomplished as he is, and Brett, Jerry felt like, man, yeah. I, every week I go talk to him, he says, man, if we don't hurry up and win, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I'm like, settle down, you know. And so they were too good not to win, and now they're winning in, in a big way, and uh, look like they're set up pretty good for the stretch. Well, I'm looking forward to the last two this year. Man, can you believe another year is? Flown by. No. But how fun are the trucks, man? Oh, they're I mean, the it's, best. That race at Martinsville was nuts. Yeah. Even though we went on the air. For, yeah, for the, the very end. <laughs> Look, I went back to the racetrack Sunday. I had to do some stuff for the Virginia Lottery and for the racetrack. And I guess I was the only representative on hand today. And, boy, I got, you know, everybody's like, man, what, what happened? What did you do? What yeah. did y'all do? You know what? I tell people all the time, is your power never went off? Not I mean, even once. Uh, not, not one time in yeah, your life something, yeah. you know, something didn't work it right. It was just, I mean, and I told them, I said, the... the the people at the track, I know the pit road folks and you guys, we were still working. You know, <laughs> we didn't quit. We didn't pull the plug and beat the traffic. And, I mean, you know, here's what pisses me off, and it really does piss me off. Fox spends so much money to bring the truck races to people's living rooms. Yep. And we, for, for, for nearly 20 years. And, by the way, Fox does all the truck races for the whole season. That's right. And, and has an investment in that series. And for t- t- nearly 20 years, we've been doing it and and you have one one yeah. technical issue mm-hmm. and people want to lose their mind of course most of the time when i talk people think there's always a technical issue with my microphone <laughs> <laughs> they just steve craddock told me we were somewhere in a golf outing and as you know because you've been gracious to her as well my daughter haley will call me four or five times a day facetime and i'm gonna answer the phone i don't care where i'm at and and i was talking to haley a couple of weeks ago and steve said hermie if you enunciated on TV like, like you, you do, do when your you're daughter? talking to Haley. You, you might be the best ever. You might ever. be the best thing we've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I can't help it. I I, uh, I told my buddy the other day, I said, we ran out of damn tape. Yeah. Those, guys, those truckers kept wrecking. Kept, kept wrecking. <laughs> you know, Moffitt's here with us at Denny's event, and I, I laughed about it a couple times yesterday when I was asked, you know, when Moffitt had crashed out. And I said, you know, the deal at Martinsville, when Moffitt's done, we were done. You know, when he crashed behind the wall, we got his interview, and we, we were... Uh, we were done, but you know, it's a technical uh, glitch. I don't even know what happened. I don't either. It's, it's, it's way out of my. I just know range. that nobody spends more money or is more passionate about bringing truck racing to to the to the fans than Fox, and we sh- we should be people should just be so thankful. But yet there, there's this machine, and I got this idea, and I'll let you go. There needs to be a program. You think I need to go warm up? Yeah. Yeah. I've seen you. I've seen you. you got a nice move on you. What's your handicap these days, 12? Uh, well, it's in a normal golf setting, it's probably 12 to 15. But you take me to top golf, let me hit off a mat when I can't take a divot, now I'm, I'm strong. And then uh, and you hit it. I know you can't tell by looking, but you hit you it. Wouldn't, a, you wouldn't be able to tell by looking at it for sure. <laughs> but you hit my, it a long way. My problems start once I get on the green. I got you. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you. I was going to tell you about my I'll club. go ahead and tell everybody, just he wants me to get to it. His team won the Ryder Cup event here. Yes, we did. Uh, down in Charleston yesterday. Team Not JP. Happy about team uh, JP. And we, we took it to y'all early. You had us uh, in, a, in a bind early, but I will say um, Ron Herbert, Red Rocks Ron and myself, we were the anchor team, even though it meant nothing to anybody else other than uh, Ron whipped Daniel Hemrick like yeah. a drum. Daniel's really happier spreading that word. And Phil Parsons was no contest for me. <laughs> Is he gone? Yeah. I mean, I whipped him. Can I say three and two? Yes, you yeah. can. Yeah. Yeah. And then the, and then he he won though, right? Well, team wise, he won, but personally, he got beat okay. down bad. I'm not sure he'll ever recover. 
Well, have fun today, and I'll see you. Uh, this, this is always so much fun. See you at Phoenix. I look forward to it. Two more. That's right. Yep. Well, I love this podcast, man. It's so cool. I mean, how many times do you have Hercules on your show? Kevin Sorbo was awesome. Got to chat with Ricky Stenhouse Jr. about his new opportunity. Uh, Rick Allen talking about the playoffs and how the 2019 season is going to wind down. I'm telling y'all, the racing is awesome. I cannot wait to get to Texas. They're going to put that traction compound down. These cars are going to be running all over the racetrack, and it's going to be thrilling. And then it's ISM, and then we're off to Miami to crown our champion. Can't wait to see who wins the trucks. Obviously, it's either going to be Moffat or Chastain, if you listen to anybody that follows it closely. But don't ever count those other guys out. There could be an upset coming as well. In the Cup Series, it's wide open. I think we all believe that Truex is going to be strong, and Denny maybe gets a chance to race in Miami for that championship. But other than that, I wouldn't make any promises. Thanks for listening. Be sure to tune in next week. We're going to have another great show. Also, tell your friends to follow us along, and they can go to their favorite podcast app and add us so that they can listen to all this quality content. So much fun. Thank you so much. You can also go to Fox Sports' YouTube page and see some of the videos we have. Follow along on Instagram and Twitter as well. Appreciate you. And uh, until next week, have a good one.